Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2021 Valspar Championship. Picks, bets, one and done, everything for you. Remember to smash the like button in the video. Give me your favorite with the one guy at the top of the board you're not betting this week. I mean, there's probably a ton that you're not betting this week, but the one guy you are just staying absolutely away from who is a betting favorite at the Valspar Championship. Remember to smash like, put that in the comment, and sub to Mayo Media Network also. I'll probably do a two for this week in the newsletter because I forgot to run over the model and everything like that uh, on the research show, which you can still go check out, by the way. Uh, there's still a ton of information in there about the Valspar Championship. So remember to subscribe to the free Mayo Media Newsletter. Find that in the description of the video and podcast, as you can find the Listener's League link on DraftKings this week as well. $15 to play, three max entry, no rake, making it the best tournament on DraftKings. There's a ton of stuff up on Mayo Media and the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast right now. Uh, there's a gigantic mock draft that was, uh, we're pretty proud of it. A lot of interactive graphics. Uh, it's really, really long because we actually go through each of the teams and break them all down. There's draft props with myself, Elliot Chris, Tim Andacust, and Jeff Feinberg, who's in yeah. the studio with me. You did a great job on that draft show, and it really is... Keep going. Okay, sorry. I got <laughs> I got really distracted there. I thought we had a critical error. Um, not like Paul's fat thumb, which usually has me sending bad text messages often. Um, but no, I thought you did a great job. Like, just as an example, the Chargers were the 13th pick. I loaded up the second show and I got really anxious. I just wanted to sort of get to my cheddar, right? And I'm like skimming and I'm skimming. And you're still not there. Like, you're putting in the time with each team. So, But, but, that, you, can, but you can check the time codes if you want and just jump to your team. Yes, of course. But <laughs> I, I, like seeing the, I like seeing the lead up, too. Even though the big board would have flashed it. I like hearing a nugget on each thing. But, yeah, no, I'm into it. Um, you always seem to put out the right content. Yeah, so and I don't know anything is. about the draft. So it's really good to have two people on who now I can, like, pretend to be a draft expert to, like, the people in my life who know nothing about the draft. It's like, oh, yeah. Let me tell you about this guy who might go 27th overall. Like, now I at least know the names. I don't, I'm no draft Yeah, expert. no, I don't know anything. I love the draft. I cannot wait for Thursday. I am super excited. It's. Are you excited for Tim's mock draft that he said he was going to put out? Yeah. Um, because now he has almost backed off completely. He tried to put one together last night, and in our text, he's like, as it turns out, he doesn't know 32 names to put together a mock draft. <laughs> Yet he said he was going to go 32 for 32 in his picks and didn't think that was unreasonable. So he's bailing? It sounds like he's bailing. So people should what put pressure What if he should just on... do a, T a T15? No. People need to put pressure on... At Tim Anderson, 87 on Twitter. Hey, TC, excited for the mock and pressure him into doing it. Because he talked a big <laughs> fucking game about his mock draft. Okay. And now he doesn't want to do it because he's scared. But I think he could still hook us a top 10. No, he needs to do them all. He, he came on. He said, if he does, go back and listen to the show. Yeah, I listened to it, but he's just going to plagiarize. So I, I don't care. Put one out. Sure. Cowardly. 
Uh, what else do we got here? FantasyNational.com slash Mayo for 20% off. All the tools, all the stats, all the info you need for golf. PGA Championship is obviously coming up, so go check that out. Mock draft, NFL draft. Oh, I'm profitable in the golf betting world. I got a lot of money in my account. Not thanks to me whatsoever. Well, maybe thanks to me. Because I commissioned a show with Skylar Hoke and Tom Jacobs talking about European tour bets. They give us a 71, 70 to 1 with John Catlin two weeks ago. Garrick Higo coming through. 35 to 1 again this week. Back-to-back winners, which means that the bet this week is just bet Guido. Because that's Sky's guy. He's going for the turkey. Guido at 30 to 1 or 35 to 1, whatever he's at. He had a bad Sunday, too, because I actually bet him last week as well. He was very much in the mix. He no bogeys on Sunday, but he only shot minus one, which is really strange. So, Guido, 35 to 1, that's the bet this week, for me at least. You can tune in. That comes out Monday evening, so you can tune into that to get like the rest of the card, but I'm excited. Yeah, bless Sky. Bless him. And I, I didn't get no 70 on Catlin. I got like the night of, like the Wednesday night 40, but I don't know. Whatever. It's a winner. I, I had a winner. I was pretty happy. And even uh, yesterday, that was great. Higo. Oh, Higo, yeah. Higo was fucking lights out, man. And you got a feel for this uh, Harris English wannabe, this Max Kiefer doing his like Harris English summer 2020 impression. Oh, my God. Just like he he comes up short on the on the his second shot on the E. I think it was the 16th, the super easy hold. It was just like he's two B's three back. It's like, okay, we're good here. He's not going to make a charge chips in. It's like, oh, God. Is this going to happen? No, but do you say he set the record for, like, low back-to-back event, like, scores or something? Back-to-back T2s. Tough go for him. It feels like the summer of Harris English. So maybe he can um, peak, but I don't don't know. He's been on the tour for nine years. And Higo to two wins? What a horse. What a little horse. Higo now has been... uh, What's, like, the actual ceiling on this guy? Because I'm not going to plan to pretend I know. I'm just tailing the picks. I'm not going to pretend I, like, have the background... On him, or acknowledge, or know that he's some big prospect. I got no clue, but he's one of the. When few, he wins, he looks amazing. Yeah, Doesn't he, that make sense? Yeah, he's one of the. He's one of the few Euro guys that I actually pay attention to. He's South African. He, yeah, well, European tour players. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, he's a lefty. He's 21. Yeah. He has five wins the past three years, which is pretty impressive for a 21 so, year old. They're not listen. They're not good wins. Like he won Dopen de Portugal, and he's winning this event when all the good Euro players are over stateside. However. His career reminds me of Matt Wallace's and just he gets these like he wins. And you know, regardless of the event that you're in, like if it was so easy to win even these lesser events, Tony Finau would have 21 I, wins. I would like to say something. I could be wrong, but I think this win in terms of what I saw the pre-tournament field at was stronger than um, no disrespect to, to a guy who's shown himself very nicely. Uh, Bez Udenhoed's back to back like. South Same Africa. Same course wins. Yeah, and I didn't think those were in South Africa, weren't they? Yeah, they might have been, but this field that it's some... Uh, it had names that we know, but no... There was Rafa, no, Sullivan... Yeah, there was no oh, good listen, names. The only thing that came out of this <laughs> like Thorbjorn, is... like, all of a sudden is This back win up. actually might cost me money, because when things all get back to normal... Firstly, I'm not a traveler. The places I travel, Pat, are the places I've been my whole life. But you want to go to the Canary Islands Like now? Florida, San Diego. Like, I'm really just need, like... Not, not, I'm the opposite. I, I love know, going you, to these places. Because I'm very, like, particular. I'm a baby. You want to have um, your fast food chains that you oh, can go to? Oh, there's just a lot. There's just a lot of things I need. Like, I need. I don't like the, the, the unknowns where, like, that, that could excite you. 
It like, does excite like me. Eating I li- like my, an my, eyeball. My single favorite thing to do traveling. Like I like to go to big cities. Just to Google has, map them and say you've been there. You know, <laughs> yeah, just like Tim does. But like when I went to Reykjavik and I went to Copenhagen, like we got an Airbnb downtown in the city, and it wasn't going to see all the historical sites or anything like that. We just spent the day just walking like, around yeah. the city, going okay. to different places, eating. Like I'd rather walk Boston. I, Fair enough. I mean, I've done I've done that a bunch of times too. Uh, yeah, but at the same time, there, yeah. it's fun to go explore. Like that's what interests me in travel. Okay, I know that's not for everyone. But though. now, like with COVID, my wife's been all, and I love like I like my like history in terms of like my recently watched is like pretty um, like random stuff. Like the most like. It's like South Park and like um, war documentaries or like just random things. So I am, but so I'm very much into like history and would like that part of it. Um, so COVID is like made me really thinking that like, yeah, I'm going to go, we're going to like do something. And just seeing that golf course, like, oh, Spain, that's where we'll go. Well, I went to the final leg of my honeymoon was in Morocco. And we couldn't afford to do like the day trip into Casablanca with like the private guy to drive yeah. you around because you yeah. want that. Um, you know, I was very unfamiliar with what really goes on. The people at the resort were like, "You need to like go do this stuff," and I was like, "We really want to do it, but we couldn't spend like the two k yeah. that yeah. it cost to go do it." Maybe if I hit another like Euro winner, we can get back there and actually go explore Casablanca because that's where we flew into. A lot of cats in the airport, but uh, it looked like a pretty cool city, very historic city, obviously. Uh, the only reason I'm talking about Euro so much is because I watched. 4,000% more Euro this weekend than I watched the stupid team event, which is fine in concept, just I can't really get into it. But there was a moment on Sunday, because I had three teams that were at minus 15 and minus 16 going into Sunday. I was like, oh, you know, with the 67, they could get themselves into it. And I did the $1 doubles with like all the Euro bets and all the PGA bets. I was like, if somehow Stallings and Garnett or Gim and Suh or Hoffman and Watney can win this thing, like I'm going to be rich here. Even off a $1 bet, I think a few of them paid like 4K, 5K. And I got super excited when Garnett and Stallings started birdie, birdie, and then just completely imploded. It was, yeah. it was a real bad Sunday in uh, Zurich for me. I was surprised no one, um, like that it was actually the final pairing. That no one really put a charge in there. The only two you could, the Warinsky U line team posted. Hatton and Willett made a run too. They, they doubled. doubled the 18th, but they yeah. were right there. I'm so um because yeah, you knew it was gonna I expected a bit of a shit show on Sunday. I didn't watch any of the best ball. Like not a second. It, it's and it, I didn't even like tracking. I really didn't even track best ball until the day was over. Cause it's kind of tilting to see your guy at the bottom, but they have like more than half their round to play. Well, that's what happened. So I hate the leaderboard of best ball because it's very, um, it's not telling in in many ways, I guess you would say. And it's really hard to extract too much from it too because if one guy is in a really good position, the partner might get super aggressive with their spot, with their shot, and be like, oh, he flew it 50 yards over this par five. It's like, oh yeah, because he was going for it. Like it doesn't matter. But I love alternate shot. I think that that is uh, that personifies sports at its finest, almost. Like to think that they should really find a way to make it part of the Olympics or something, even if it's just like a two day alternate shot. I don't even know how long the is the actual event even four days. I believe it's Olympics? four days. Yeah, I, I, like it really just personifies sport. I understand for people not liking the week for for because it, it how it affects your ability to project on modeling for for DraftKings it's, or and, even and wagering it's, and it's not fun to gamble yeah. either like the 6 to 6 percentage on DraftKings this week was less than 1% yeah, it wasn't very fun 
Um, but I don't know. When I watched, I got into it. There's some people. I think our boy uh, Ehrlich touted. Uh, Le- Le- I mean, and J- Joe, ben and Joe came on the show this week uh, on the DraftKings show. He's like, yeah, you want to bet the Aussies? Those are the guys to bet. Yeah, and Go I feel ahead. like I bet them at the Templeton thing at like this at even a bigger number than they were this week. Which I guess is weird looking that back on it. That can't be true if there's only 12 teams in that field. No, they were like 12 to 1 to win that thing. Oh, interesting. Anyway, Fino melted down. Even even winner personified Cameron Champ couldn't, you know, he has double the I amount of wins on the PGA Champ tour. was the one no, struggling. I, I'm just joking. It's, but Fino, Champ has double the it, wins of Fino. Yeah, listen. <laughs> Fino was in a total lose-lose. If he wins, it's like he's not going to get a any, real win. any credit. And if he loses but, like, came close or lost in the playoff, it was if it was his water ball on, like, a playoff, he'd have been, like, a just a loser. So he's a total <laughs> lose-lose. And you felt that way sometimes even going into, like, Finau the morning of the Minnesota. And you kind of felt – or was it the – Yeah, it was Minnesota. Yeah, when was Michael say, Thompson won. And you felt that way even the morning of Amex. Like – Okay, I really want Fina to win, but if he wins, then I'm gonna have to battle the quality of the win. <laughs> like this felt like that times infinity. That being said, this format, that alternate shot, it takes everything from both guys, despite them having to not hit every ball. I, like I understand how you pay it out and you split the points, but th- it's not a gimmick win to me. Like chalk it up because it's a, it's an impressive. It's an impressive win. Yeah, when you're someone like Cameron Smith, you go for the green and one, dunk it in the water, and then Leishman's like, oh, no, I'll chip in for birdie. Don't oh, worry that, about it. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, so you feel for those guys. You know, the the uh, you feel for those two. Well, it would have been good for Charles because, I mean, he needs his tour card. He needs his tour card. Louis never won in North America. It was, yeah. They couldn't make good on a couple situations. So back to Higo for a second. Uh, again, I think that the resume looks a lot like Matt Wallace's. And like I tweeted out just like, oh, he's 21. He has five wins. Like, this is great. And uh, someone just instantly like, oh, what is he, like the next superstar? Like, you're talking a pretty big game about this guy who beat a mm. bunch of scrubs. Like, I'm not calling him a superstar. Well, this- I'm excited to see him finally come over. I think he's up to number 67 in the world rankings. Maybe he still has a shot if he wins again this week to sneak into the PGA Championship. And there's a couple courses that kind of set up really well for him. I mean, we've seen South Africans, by and large, play pretty well when they come over. Like, I mean, Charles comes over and wins the Masters. Louis has been a fixture for the past decade. Grace comes over and wins. Vizadenhout has looked pretty good in some of these starts. Harding comes top 10. EVR Uh, surprisingly hasn't done as well. Yeah, that's know. what he gets for going to uh, America for university. Yeah, I guess. No, <laughs> but, you're but, absolutely right. But Higo is a 21, and here's the key, lefty that's coming over, which makes two events particularly interesting for him once he gets his sea legs underneath of him. One is obviously the Masters, which we kind of identify that you know, every lefty made the cut there this year. It plays to that, the match play, because he should be able to get himself into the match play next year. Another course where left-handers have done exceptionally well over time advancing out of their group stage. I'm not going to say he's going to win match play, but when he's the number four seed in no, match play next year, just bet, bet on him to win the group. Okay. I don't care who he's against. A couple things. Unless I'm wrong and I misheard, uh, I could tell, like, to the naked eye, uh, you, he absolutely crushes the ball off the tee. But it seems like he's a very refined putter. And I'm not just talking about, oh, I saw him win on Saturday and Sunday, played well. We see lots of guys putt well that win that aren't good putters. The announcers made it seem like for his age, he's an incredible putter. So if he has that distance and that short stick, I mean, match play, 
that's how you win match play. I'm not to say Billy laid up a lot, and I guess there are lots of ways at Austin to win match play, but incredible. And I guess if I could talk to Sky, and I could anytime yeah, I want, I guess on my, own, right <laughs> on my own show, I would like to know what the ranking of those, because, okay, we acknowledge like Bobby Mack is like big time. In, in a yeah, sense, potentially, but, but like, but where no, is like hold, hold on, hold on. There, there's a thing too where this is sort of like a Hideki Ricky situation too with McIntyre versus Higo. I'm not comparing him to Higo, just in general, like no, no, Hoygaard, no. and there's a lot no, of like, no, no, but you said that like Bobby Mack is sort of the level up. He's the level up because he's a Scottish player, he's in the British media, like he gets hyped that way versus a South African player or a Danish player. Whereas we always used to say that like Hideki's better than Ricky, but Ricky gets all the pub because he's American, not Japanese. It's one of those things, I yeah. think, at least. Okay, but Bobby yeah. McAmey, he just came top 12 of the Masters. Yeah. Um, at the moment, like, I, I... Okay, fine. I'm not sure. I, I, I've assumed Bobby Mack is a bit more of, like, a higher ceiling prospect. He might be. I don't know. Um, well, that's the thing. I do not know. So I'm also acknowledging that. But also, like, we had... It was... What, what was it? Uh, not too long ago. It's like, oh, Hoygaard is this, like, next. So, like, which ones are actually... The ones with the true, like, amateur pedigree and which ones are just sort of in this lightning bottle. Maybe I have no idea. No, and we'll, I'm excited to see how some of this comes out. When, when are we going to get Guido over? Maybe he'll win this week and then he'll come over stateside. Someone was in the field this week. I, oh, you know who's in the field this week? Sam Horsfield. Yeah, I, saw, yeah. I was just looking through the board. Yeah, no finish worse than 15th in any start on the Euro Tour this year. Now, granted, those are the bad fields, but he has three top 10s and a T15. And in watching Sunday... He leads the tour, the European tour. He has over eight greens around one putts. Not only whether that's incredible parses, but it was an incredible stat. His one putt percentage is ridiculous. Now, I'm not saying it's all birdies. Uh, and we know some of those stats are You're a, finicky because, like, if, what, like if you could have been putting from the fringe yeah. and then a tap in from an inch, they're calling a one putt. It's hard to gauge, but they put the broad, they put the stat on the broadcast, and it impressed me. Sure. Oh yeah. You can, you can, well, if you think that like shot length data is bad when you're going through like the PGA Tour, just imagine like what the what the shot strokes gain data on the European Tour for the magical Kenya Open are. They're not great. Yeah. Um. I will say it does seem important though. This is not a joke. And I, I guess a lot of the teams probably do come together due to friendship. Both teams in that playoff, Pat, were friends. We know Rom and Palmer, friends. We've seen Kisner and Brown. They I think, fucking lose. let me down. They oh, were yeah. the guy. But even the someone like Watney and Hoffman, who just continue to play well with this I don't event. know. Friends. Friends. If they're not friends and have, like, a relationship, you don't want to bet them. And granted, I think 80% of the field are friends to an extent. Even the – kept hearing about the Team Purdue. Yeah. Uh, Gooch and Shank. Um, but but I don't know. There's a relationship to, to a certain extent. Did you? And well, um, just, just, I mean, no one is better friends. I mean, it was a three, it was really a three person team with Bubba, Scheffler, and Jesus because that's how they met at prayer group. <laughs> prayer group. Listen, I don't. Whatever. <laughs> I think it was tour funny. seasons long. I don't like even, so some yeah. guys beating like their college roommates. Other guys meet at the prayer circle. It's not yeah. where, put it this way. Not where I would be beating people. No, <laughs> not not at all. Um. Yeah, yeah, but they're buddies. Sure. Uh, announcement time before we get into the Valspar. Now, people will say, you know, Pat, I listen to every second of every show. I'm the biggest fan you have. 
And then next week, when there is no golf show on Monday, those same people will be like, where's the golf show? I've already mentioned this a bunch of times. This is the final show that we are doing in studio together for the golf show. We're hoping to have another a golf show for Quail Hollow next week, probably Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm moving. I'm getting set up in a new place. We're going to start doing this online, not in studio together. So it's the end of an era to a certain extent, but it's not like the show's going anywhere. We're still going to no, be doing the show. No, and it's not. There will be we're gonna have times where, yeah. Listen, once together, once the pandemic is, you know, once we both get our vaccines and we're good to travel again, we'll be doing a lot more shows together uh, from that side too. But for the moment, next Monday, the Custy Awards, which we are filming directly after this show, will be out. So that is that's the best show of the year. Yes, I think everyone agrees that is the best Pat Mayo experience episode every single year. That is next Monday, so we're just going to push golf back a day, and hopefully Paul and I can get our tech sorted out at my new house. We already have the internet in, so we just need all of our equipment to show up in time in order to actually do the show. And fuck it, if if it's not there in time, we can still do an audio pod and still throw it up on YouTube if people are looking for it. But do not tell me you're a fan of the show and then ask me where the golf show is next Monday. Just don't do it. They're going to do it. I know. I Listen, it happens every single time I go on vacation, which is like once every three years. So I have a full complement of content. I got Wiley lined up. We've already recorded that. Nathan Hubbard, uh, who is Mark Hubbard's brother. He's also the former CEO of Ticketmaster, was one of the first people at Twitter uh, from Rivals. Uh, we've got those two guys on a show together talk about the future of golf. You and I have recorded a show in advance, uh, the mid-season awards for the PGA Tour. Plus, I have like four special shows with other people that are coming out. Oh, Owning Mahoney. If you haven't watched Owning Mahoney yet, that is the first movie in our gambling movie club. That will come out probably next Friday. We've already recorded it with Davis and Pete. Um, so, you know, just go to YouTube, type in Owning Mahoney, and you can watch it up there if you can't find it anywhere else. Anyway, those are the announcements that I wanted to get through. If you're a fellow whose resting body temperature rivals that of Las Vegas pavement in mid-July, standard antiperspirants probably don't give you much relief. But before you resign yourself to a life of perpetual pit stains, know this. Duke Cannon Dry Ice Cooling Antiperspirant is made for guys who run uncomfortably hot. Its moisture and friction-activated cooling system is formulated with menthol to give you an all-day sensation of standing under an air conditioner cranked to high, not a heat lamp, stuck on broil. Available in refreshing menthol and eucalyptus and peppermint and musk scents, dry ice uses activated charcoal to effectively combat sweat and stank. And with the highest level of odor and wetness protection allowable, you'll last longer in the heat, and your t-shirts will too. Dry Ice Cooling Antiperspirant, that's the menthol and eucalyptus, 2.6 ounces, $12 each. It has the menthol to deliver instant cooling with a distinctively fresh scent, enriched with activated charcoal to remove toxins while deodorizing moisture and friction-activated cooling system that keeps you cool in the highest, again, allowable sweat protection. Same goes for the peppermint and musk, 2.6 ounces, $12 each. If your internal thermostat feels like it's perpetually set to sauna, pick up a stick of Duke Cannon Dry Ice Cooling Antiperspirant. It'll feel as refreshing as jumping naked into a frigid lake, without the risk of frostbite on your undercarriage. Visit DukeCannon.com and use promo code MAYO for 10% off your next order. Plus, get free shipping with orders over 20 bucks. A curated collection of Duke Cannon products are also available at select Target stores. As you know, I've been trying to cut down on carbs and sugar and unhealthy food and realized I basically can't eat anything anymore, so I just started eating unhealthy foods again. But 
Enter some Magic Spoon. Of course you know about Magic Spoon. Zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Only 140 calories per serving, too. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. And we've got some exciting news. Magic Spoon has released a super delicious new flavor, Birthday Cake. Sounds incredible. Birthday Cake Magic Spoon will be available in a special five-pack for a limited time only, so get it while you can. Or build your own box. Available flavors to build your own custom bundle are cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, and cinnamon. I would just get all fruity because it rules. And if you're listening from Canada, where I listen from, Magic Spoon now ships there as well. Essentially, it's this. Magic Spoon is a great breakfast. It's a great snack. Whatever you want, it's just delicious. I come home after work. I'm not looking to carb up even before I eat dinner. The kids are running around. I don't have 30 minutes to make something like super fresh in terms of like vegetables and all that. That's very time consuming. I got to watch the kids and I'm starving at this second. Magic Spoon. It works. It's delicious. Go get it. So go to magicspoon.com slash mayo to grab the new limited edition birthday cake or a custom bundle of cereal to try today. And be sure to use our code mayo, that is M-A-Y-O, for those of you who don't know how to spell mayo because you're morons, at checkout to save $5 off this order. This order is now good anywhere in the U.S. or Canada, but only when you use our code, that's MAYO, at checkout. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it, for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash mayo and use the code mayo to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Let's talk about Valspar. I love this course. It's funny that, uh, no, I put this in my article on DK Playbook this week, that no tournament, we always talk about like, oh man, Honda got fucked with the new schedule. And like Pebble gets fucked because Riviera is a thing now and no one wants to go. Valspar is the only tournament I can think of that has benefited the most since the restructuring of the schedule because no longer is it sandwiched on one end by a WGC with the players and a WGC and the masters around it. It is the logical Florida tournament to skip. Now it's five weeks later and it's like kind of perfect prep for the PGA Championship because you have the stupid team event. A lot of people don't want to play Heritage the week after the Masters. So you have this, and next week at Quail Hollow, no one's playing Byron Nelson. So this is one of the logical ones, and we're seeing it reflected in the field now. The field's really good. Yeah. As you said, this was one of the big winners, I guess, of the uh, schedule flip. This They gained in the ways other tournaments lost. I really think that this would be an awesome U.S. Open course. It would be impossible to play the U.S. Open here because Florida in the middle of June – uh, you would probably have more players have to withdraw from heat stroke than actually finish yeah. under par at the event. But this is a perfect course for it. It's a par 71. Narrow. There's five par threes. There's four par fives. Tree-lined all the way up. I mean, Hadwin shot minus 14 here, which is incredible. Uh, the year that we hit him at uh, 100 to 1. That was a nice win for us. We've been at or near the finish line yeah, a few pa- times. But, but Paul, Paul Casey, Casey is, the Paul has, Casey Open. Has, uh, has come up. Casey, minus 8, minus 10 the last two years. He's the two-time defending champ. Charles won at minus seven the year before that. Spieth beat O'Hare and Reed in a playoff the year before that at minus 10. Like, this is a tough course, man. The cut line hasn't been under par. I looked all the way back to 2003. 
nothing under par. Now it's top 65 in ties for the first time ever at this event because it wasn't played last season. So expect carnage out there, man. This is a tough course. Florida can play major championship golf. No, we know I mean, that. But they, they do. But they get, they get such a gravy spot on the schedule anyway, and then like moving the players – uh, which is obviously going to be in Florida. They just get so many events that it's just it's tough to have yeah, a major in Florida. Absolutely. This also the tournament, Pat, I think it would beat the Amex, and we could backtrack that one, in the most sponsorships that we've experienced. Except that one in Texas that even went to like Dean and DeLuca. Dean and DeLuca, and then we didn't know what that was for like two years. Like this, a, yeah, this was like, uh, it's been a lot of things. The Transitions Championship when Luke Donald won it and yeah, Kevin Streelman won it, I think. Yeah. There was one in between. I think it was just called the Tampa Bay Open one year. Tampa Bay Open. Yeah, yeah it's, it's been a lot it's of been things. a lot of them. And these Valspar caddy hats, see them all. Apparently, they, they give money to caddies. Sweet. Yeah. Like, that, they support that, a caddy fund. Valspar was uh, during the pandemic when golf sh- first shut down, because this was one of the first events yeah. that just got wiped off, because uh, it was in late March, that they put a fund together to pay the caddies. But even historically, because I've always wondered why, all throughout the year, I see the caddies wearing the Valspar hats that they usually get at this tournament, and then someone hit me up to say. So that's useless information when people just want to know what I might be betting. Strokes gained approach. Star, uh, strokes gained approach. Par threes gained. 200 to 225 yards. Good drives gained. Short game and 400 to 450 yard par fours were like the key key stats that I put in. Uh, once again, if you sub to the free newsletter in the description of the video in BOD, I think I'll put that out on Monday night so people can kind of get a head start to see. I mean, listen, obviously I don't win often, so you might want to fade what I'm doing, but I can at least show you what I'm looking at when I'm talking through like how I have people ranked. Maybe you want to around with it on fantasy national and make it better than mine but it's at least i think a decent starting point i walk through it on the uh walk through the major stats that i'm looking at on the research show which you can go get right now let's jump into these odds because kind of intriguing and i know you got a lot to say about one of them but i have sort of a rebuttal to that but we're looking at justin thomas and Dustin Johnson, the two co-favorites, 10 to 1 and 16 to 1. Then the third best player in the field, Corey Connors, is 16 to 1. Patrick Reed is 18 to 1. Casey and Vic, 22 to 1. Hatton, 25. M28. Answer and Henley, both 30 to 1. These odds are from DraftKings Sportsbook. Obviously, it's different at every single sportsbook that you look at. Uh, some places have Connors behind Reed. DraftKings Sportsbook has Connors ahead of Reed. Some places have Thomas at eight to one and DJ at twelve to one or ten to one and ten to one. A lot of varying numbers this week. It seems to be kind of scattershotted around the board. So you can go search for a really good number if you want to. Um, my three comments about the board so far. I bet Tyrrell Hatton at twenty-eight to one. I haven't had a lot of success betting the PGA champion or the PGA recently, but the, both the times that I have hit winners and like big winners so far this year, I was buying a dip on Brooks in Phoenix. And I bought the dip on Morikawa at the WGC. I am going to buy the dip on Hatton at 28 to one. He's the number eight ranked player in the world. And he's sneakily playing a whole lot better. He finally overcame all of the struggles at the masters came T 18. He came T 39 at the heritage, but the TD Green numbers were fantastic. They were back what I want to see out of Hatton. The putter let him down. That's fine. We know that when he's running well, the putting the putts drop. He already has a win in Florida, and he was still top 10 at this team event with Willett. And when I went back and looked through the best ball, guess who was carrying that team? Shocking. It, it, it wasn't Danny Willett. Shocking, yeah. No. So I think it's a good number on Hatton. We'll get to Corey Connors in a second. But 
no one is going to bet Paul Casey this week. It's just that it's what's going to happen. No one bet Paul Casey in his second win. No one bet him the first time. And then everyone's like, Paul Casey, he's not going to win twice. He wins again. He's just hanging there at 22 to one. We, everyone just bet him to win the players. They just bet him to win the masters. And now you get back at a course where he actually wins. And I guarantee you, no one wants to bet him. Yeah, I bet him at the Masters, and I bet him at the players. But would, would you bet him here? I, I've been thinking about it, but it could be feel forced. Not as forced as maybe some other bets in this range could feel. But I don't know. Three times in a row? Like, who's he? Matt Every? <laughs> Every two, no, he right? did two. I think it was Stricker did the three like, and John just, Deere. I know there's like a, there was a gap. That just seems like a huge ask. But he's, he's playing great. He's playing probably better than he was on those other two. I mean, he always seems to play pretty consistent. He can flame out a week he did he just did it heritage and i'm sure he did it leading into that win at some point i, I mean yeah. he had that great pebble finish no right? no it's because he uh the reason that no one bet him the last time around i believe because everyone it? bet him at the players yeah. remember he took Ga- like a 12 uh, on Gaskin. 17 yeah exactly <laughs> exactly it's exactly how it normally works with this guy i love the hatton bet now i've bet hatton a lot in 2021 pat at numbers i feel are inflated and there have been a lot of swinging messes that's fine we're betting guys to win you're not going to win all that often i understand that <laughs> i'm certainly not winning that often at the moment like you when it comes to pga thank you sky for just keeping yeah, t- tune into the euro picks and bet show uh, monday evenings on mayo media Network. Um, subscribe to the channel i now. don't i don't this has turned into like this whole thing about me versus Corey connors i like Corey connors a lot we were ju- in the lead up to this tournament how many times literally in the past month as a joke of part of a different show did i ask you to guess what his number would be this week more than once i did that so people like try to make this into like freaking canadian like I'm into Corey Connors, but but no, this is yeah. I'm not. Is, I'm also into Corey Connors. I'm not into Corey Connors sixteen to one, and it's not a reflection because I, I think the big juxtaposition that you can look at is Connors is two points ahead of Reed in the betting market, which I he's th- six no, points behind the number two and two one and two players in the world. God damn it! But this is not a reflection of how much you think that Corey Connors is going to win or what his perceived win equity is, it is what are people actually going to bet on? And it's sort of like a Xander effect in a weird way based on this tournament, based on him coming in yeah. and the success that he's had at this tournament. His name value is through, through the, the roof, roof right and, now. And people will look at it. I mean, people don't like to bet on Patrick Reed anyway. That's why you always get good numbers on Patrick Reed. But your casual golf fan who wants to throw down 50 bucks betting on someone this tournament, they're going to bet on Justin Thomas or they're going to bet on Corey Connors because Dustin's been bad. I don't like Patrick Reed. And every time I've watched Corey Connors play in the past three months, he's been fucking incredible. That's the reason. I'm, I get, I'm just here. I'm not, and I see, I want to say I've seen a 25. That's a better number. That's, that's bettable. That is bettable. That is something to discuss. That, that puts him in a tier where, where maybe he belongs with, where, where you could debate, debate it. This is just a not debate. And I'm not even running to bet Patrick Reed. I haven't bet Patrick Reed. But if I had to bet Corey Connors or Patrick Reed to win this tournament, one of them has a win this year. One of them's also finished second here before. Like, I feel like yeah, Connors Reed. has a great... Connors played with Woods. I, it was probably the first KC win. That Reed three-putted 18 to miss a playoff. Ugh, still pissed me off. My I guy, lo- my guy Snedeker. I had Snedeker money that year, too, and he was right there. Uh, but Connors was there. He was... I, wasn't he playing with Woods or maybe I made Woods was there too. That was like the first actual contending Woods. Yeah. I don't know if he played with, I think Tiger played with Snedeker. Or maybe. 
I maybe, think Connors was, was with Reed. Maybe they were just tied on the leaderboard. They were so tied on like, the leaderboard. But yeah. Connors ended up finishing like 13th that year. But he was in like the second to final group. And he does that a lot! I love Corey Connors. And his stats, his ball striking are Zalatoris and Thomas level. And the greens are small. And the number is what it is for a consortium of reasons. His name value is high. His course history is strong. And everything he does well plays absolutely perfectly for this course. I could even text, find my messages in my, a buddy who like doesn't really bet golf. But he likes golf. He plays golf exponentially more than he would watch or bet it. Sends me his master says, I'm betting Corey Connors for the Masters. And I like, even this was like two days before the Masters. I replied, don't, don't bet him to win the Masters. You just bet him at the Valspar, like at one-fourth the number. So this isn't like a secret. And, but I don't know. I guess I sent out a tweet today. And I'm like, I'm anti-Connors, whatever. Well, uh, past five starts, third, seventh, 14th, eighth, and fourth. Incredible. But here's the real key to all of it, because the ball striking has been amazing. But the reason that you see these inflated finishes Connors has gained over two strokes putting in five consecutive events. Has he figured it out? Because if he's figured it out, like he's a legit top 20 player in the world. If he's not losing five strokes every second event on the greens, like he's an actual legit guy who deserves to be this number. But just based on what we've seen, it's tough to parse. And even people are like, how do I put this? He can't, like, I see him miss, like, these clutch Sunday putts, which are probably true, but you're also seeing him make sun. Like, he's on TV on Sunday, so you're just actually seeing them. Yeah. As opposed to a time where you didn't see them. Yeah, like, you, and he's you also really, making really... putts on TV that he never made on TV before, too. Yeah. It, it, but that mean, goes along with missing putts on TV. You, you really have no idea what Russell Henley's up to, because he finishes T17 every week. Um. Yeah, I, I wear, I'm, I'm a proud Canadian. I'm proud of Corey Connors. Brooke Henderson just got her, her 10th win, which I think is the most ever for any like modern era professional Canadian. Oh, that, that, was that, that puts her ahead of Lori Kane? I forget who, Weir was at eight. I forget who was at nine. It was probably Lori Kane. LPGA, I don't know if it's an, a little trick, but the finishing on Saturdays does it for me. I think that's a smart move. It's just like, I have far more interest in the Corn Ferry Tour when they yeah. run those like sun, uh, know, oh, sun, Sunday to Wednesday love events. Love those. Um, Corey Connors, of course Corey Connors can win. Absolutely he can win. But I don't want to bet him at this number. To me, he's closer to like a chef. Like he's probably closer to Coke Rack, but he probably should be priced co- closer to like Scheffler. Well, and that, and that's a very good name to bring up because I feel out of all the players in this kind of range, I feel like Coke Rack is severely undervalued this week at 40 to 1. Oh, I, I, I thought that he was going to be 25 to and 1. And he does a lot of the same things. And I'm going to be doing this thing again. And it, like, that I got to be anti Connors. I'll hit myself again. Just to get it on film. But I don't want to be anti-Connors. But we did a show that's going to drop next week where we just parse some PGA stuff. And we did the same thing. It's like the guys that are double Corey Connors odds now to win the PGA championship. Are just as good. Are just as good and literally have just the same chance of winning. And you could argue probably more. Like you could argue as we did there, like a sneak peek. You could probably argue Siwoo Kim actually has a better chance of winning the PGA Championship than Corey Connors. Yeah. Not to top five. Or a head-to-head. Or a head-to-head. Not to be a better DraftKings start, potentially, but to win. Siwoo's had some beautiful finishes this year. Siwoo actually won this year. And he has three wins. What's he doing? Like, I don't... There's a lot of players right now on the tour that I think are doing very similar things to Corey Connors, 
but aren't getting nearly the hype that he's getting. He is doing them better. He's doing things at almost like a Zalatoris level with those irons, Pat. And these greens are small. So if he's playing well, he's not going to have to scramble. But if I want to bet on a player who's playing well who won't have to scramble, I'd probably rather bet on Hovland, I think. Potentially. I think the biggest cop, it's funny uh, we kind of bring up Connors because his game is very Paul Casey-esque. Like that, what's ma- that, That's what makes him such a good fit for this course. Obviously, the short game for Casey is substantially better than the short game for Connors, but he's improving his chipping and he's improving his putting, just like we saw Vic go through. Vic is not a disaster around the greens because he chips in every second hole now. <laughs> he either chips it into the water or he chips it in the hole. The stats but, look a lot different when you're like holing out like that. Sure, <laughs> but I think the best comp for Connors in his type of game is answer. Like he's now become the better version of yeah, Abraham. Yeah, for Anthony. sure. Like on President's Cup's team, those two guys should play together. Let's go. Alternate shot, chuck them together. Let's go. Because they kind of suffer from the same thing. Like they're not the longest guys off the tee, but they hit so many fairways. It doesn't really make a difference. They both get locked in with their irons. Connor's better with his irons. Until recently, Answer was a much better short game in putter. But I mean, I'm looking at the numbers right now. Connor's is either on you know the heater of a lifetime on the greens, or he has figured something out. Who would you rather bet? Like, Scheffler at 30 to 1. Scheffler. I would. I mean, I'm not betting Scheffler, but if you're going to give me Scheffler at... The way that I look Neiman at it... Neiman at 30... I know we'll but get that's down not, the But board. that's not the name. Hatton's the name that is, like, double the odds of Corey Connors. So yeah, I'm yes. going to bet Hatton. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. And again, you you this is golf. You line shop it. Maybe I'm looking at books. I mean, this one, DraftKings particular, but... Maybe go find one of the deep English books that might have Hatton at 22 and Connors at 27. Sure. We work on a book that's out of Scandinavia. It's got the shortest Hovland number every week. in the market. It's just like every week. There's a Canadian book that we use too. And like Mackenzie Hughes is like probably like 20 to 1. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know the book. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm sure that that's a, makes total Yeah, the the odds are dictated on the action that they're going to take on these people. If no one is betting Corey Connors at 16-1 to on DraftKings Sportsbook, he's going to go to 22 super quickly. That's just going to happen. And I wouldn't be surprised if the tournament starts and he's 22 and Hovland's and Hatton's 22. Sure. Connors 22. The real move on Hatton, because his first rounds have been an abject disaster so far in 2021, that just don't bet him right now at 28-1. to Wait a day when he's like three over after the first round, then just bet him at 125 to Maybe. One. But see, if he has a good first round, shoots, watch out. If he shoots one under in the first round, can he come to the course angry like he shot 75 the day before? I mean, Michael Jordan can trick himself into anything. Why can't Tyrrell Hatton? I'm here for it. And I'm here for a Corey Connors win. Like, I wouldn't be cheering against Connors. I'll take your 200 tweets. That mean anything on my back, unless he's going to beat a guy that, that I you bet have. on. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm here to cheer for Corey Connors. I'm not here to bet on Corey Connors at a number that, I don't know, I'm just repeating myself. It's the same number as Patrick freaking Reed, man. I hear it. And Reed might be in the trees on day one and be six over and, like, you can laugh at me. Yeah, but, but Reed could finish last. That's not my point either. Yeah, it's not. You're not talking about playing Connor or Reed over Connors in a head-to-head. Ne- don't want any of no, that smoke. That I- smoke I don't want. And I ain't talking about building your DFS lineup. What you're saying is that if you just have to bet on one guy to win, which we are talking about, that Patrick Reed just the proven track record of 
winning events, and now especially at hard courses yeah. too. And this is a hard course. And now we're going to cross thirty to one, and there's probably the next six guys you're going to name. I could make the case have the exact same chances as Corey Connors to win. Well. Yes, but I feel like we should talk about two guys okay. that are in this tournament that are the number one and two uh, players in the world. Fair. Worth, I, yeah, well, who listen, are they? We, we never really bet on the, the favorites here, but Dustin and JT are both in this event. More They're, line value for Dustin when you factor in the Masters odds and oh, his ter- yeah. big U.S. Open odds and PGA Championship odds. And he's won club down before. He, it's not like he can't club down and, like, Eat your soul. No, and he's played well at this tournament in the past, too. Uh, I think that this might just be more prep for him for the PGA Championship as well. I think that's why he's playing these tournaments to figure it out. But if you go look at his like stats, you can clearly see where the struggles are coming in. And the Heritage was kind of strange, because he finished top 20 at Heritage. But he gained 5.1 strokes off the tee. It was the first time he had really spiked in driving in a really long time. Like, the driving wasn't bad, but it wasn't elite like you expect from Dustin, and all of a sudden it's back to being elite. He's putting the lights out right now, but the approaches continue to kill him, and that's why he is playing poorly. Like, if he gains even, like, two strokes on approach this week, watch out, because it's once it reverses and he gets it back, all of a sudden, everyone else is on notice. But we've seen Dustin go through these lulls before. And Dustin's one of these players where I would like to go back and see when Dustin wins, like, for the first time in a bit, that how many, like, wins that he can consecutively, not consecutively put together, but, like, reel off over, like, the next six weeks. Because he seems to be a guy who wins in oh, bunches. Yeah. Always. A lot. Like, when he gets hot, he starts getting yeah. super, super hot. hot. Whereas someone like Reed and even someone like Justin Thomas, like, mm. they're going to get their wins. I mean, Thomas is going to lurk far more often than Reed does because Reed's game. Oh, uh, Reed can win with no form. Yeah, well, Reed is, Reed kind of breaks stat models yeah. because just are you in on Patrick Reed or are you out on Patrick Reed? You know that he wins enough that you should be in, but if you look at the numbers, you're like, how does this guy ever fucking win? But he now, does. Now I now, will. But, but I will I th- I, I, I'm I, fading I, Thomas, not because I don't think he can't win. He could most definitely win. But I do feel like the driving is an issue for him still, and this is a course where if you're slightly off, you're in the middle of the fucking trees. I agree. I don't. Well, I guess my only question would be, like, because you wanted to bring them up, so which one of the two? Because people Dustin. do like to bet favorites. Dustin. There it is. Done. Um, and also to read, we could start to make the case, Pat, and it might sound silly. This is not the events you bet Patrick Reed. You don't bet Patrick Reed at 18, 16 to 1. You wait for everyone, everyone to be there, and he's 35, 40, because that's where he wins. Because where is he won lately? It hasn't been any of, and he plays a lot. He plays a lot. For a player of his world ranking, there are probably very few players in the world ranked ahead of him who play more. Like, we agree on that. Maybe more account. Like, I don't know. I mean, he's ranked seventh in the world. So, okay, yes, you're sure. right. <laughs> but I mean, any like top 50, we could even go farther back. It's in like the him ranking. and Sungjae. He plays a ton. I don't know whether he wants to get out of the house. Or, he likes golf. Yeah, he just he loves it. Yeah, yeah, they love it. They love it. And she encourages him to go too. Well, she's there. <laughs> Either way, I, I made my point. I've used too many words to make it. Let's reel him back. Tory Pines, uh, help me. FedEx w- Cup playoffs, WGC, WGCs, the Masters. Like his He's last won three like four, WGCs, I think. His last like four wins. Uh, w- am I forgetting like a lower tier win? Because it's been a while since he's like brought home the Wyndham. 
That was his first win, I think. Or he's that lost are, in that, a playoff at TOC. Like, let's his see. wins are pants. Yeah, so, so his past few wins, like, he wins basically once a year. He won, he won Torrey Pines. He won WGC Mexico. He won the FedEx Cup playoffs. He won the Masters. He won FedEx Cup playoffs, Tournament of Champions, WGC. Those are his past. Uh, I don't know. Uh, am I on to something? And it's like, <laughs> it's like one a year. Yeah, and those are the events where everyone's there, and he's 35-40 to one now. I think this one's a little bit different. Solely because the lesser tournaments that you see, I love Patrick Reed. On the you PGA give me a, Tour, a nugget, I'll I'll take it. It's just very rarely do you like. We tend to agree that Reed tends to do his best work when the conditions are hard. He plays hard he, courses really well. Most week in week out, it's and and, mo- and mo- yeah, most of the Get alternate it. courses where you see the lesser fields aren't tough courses. Yeah, they're resort. They're birdie courses. fests. Yeah. So that does not necessarily. I mean, it can play if Patrick Reed's having a good week. Absolutely. No, I love. I love. But it also yeah. brings in the. Chase Seifert's of the world, or the Matt Jones. I mean, Matt Jones. Like Chase Seifert, big, big number. Big number. There's another guy down there I like a little bit better, though. But when, just when you see Reed pop up, it's generally at more difficult courses. Yeah. And the lesser events this on the PGA that, Tour that aren't usually as difficult as Valispar tends to be. And this is a different time of year. I don't know how the greens are going to roll because it's five weeks after than it's historically played. Maybe the course plays a little bit different. That is kind of unknowable until we see it. I like... I like you putting on that caveat because that's important because I was ready to roll with like those last seven wins. Those guys like the term big game hunter. That was that resume. Yeah. And little hunter is Morikawa. I don't mean little like he's just got half of it, but he's done it quick. He's done it quickly. Yeah. And he he had the one win at like the. the Yeah. We all got to start somewhere. Yeah. Barracuda, Wyndham, we all got to start somewhere. But then it's been WGC's Memorials Majors. Two wins at Jack Nick. Three is Barracuda Jack Nicholas. I don't have a clue. Because Mirfield Village in the concession, both Jack. Courses. I heard 97% of courses are Pete Dye or Jack Nicholas. Well, I mean, 90, 100% <laughs> of courses we've played like the past two months have been Pete Dye courses. We only have two left on the schedule. We got Travelers in the PGA Championship. Um, so, I don't want to ignore Victor. I don't want to ignore Victor or Casey, but or even answer in Henley and Scheffler, who I all think are fine plays. The, the guy I'm the most interested in, though, is Sungjae. Uh, I spoke about Dustin once he figures out the irons, all of a sudden it's kind of game over for everyone else if he keeps this putter going. Sung Jay was kind of doing the same thing all season. The driving, off the charts good. The putting, off the charts good. Couldn't hit an iron to save his fucking life. They're back. They returned out of nowhere at the Heritage. So now he's getting a bunch off the tee. He's getting a bunch on his approaches. He just needs to putt. And he's listen, he's already won in Florida. He's another guy. And this course in particular, the one thing about Sung Jay is he has good distance, but he still hits every fairway. He's top 10 on tour in terms of fairways gain. So he's not going to get himself into a ton of trouble. Listen, the irons can go away just as quickly as they can come. But he gained over three and a half strokes on approach at Heritage for the first time since Kapalua, the first event. This guy plays basically every single week. Yeah. So if they're back, you're catching a good number on Sungjae. What did you see, a 34 out there? I on saw him? 34 out there. So I'll be in on that. It is tasty. And here's the thing. Let's like rewind this to the start of Florida. We were salivating <laughs> for Sungjae. Like salivating. You didn't care the field strength. You're like, no, it's, it's, it's like the it's Sungjae time. Florida. Well, now what? We're in the we're in the last leg of Florida. Yeah, this is it. We're not we're not done. We're, this, we're this yeah, is we're it gone. Florida. And I don't know what's going to happen next year with. I assume hopefully they'll be back in Mexico as a plan. I don't know. So whatever, irrelevant. So sayonara, Florida. 
Sungjae, man. There's a 34 to 1. You shop it. Shop it. But even the 28, 30s, like, I think those are very live and fair numbers. We get on this range? Hovland is shorter than all of them. Yes, he should be. But in the, in the same sense of, of Connors, which I spoke about before, I ended up betting him at Torrey Pines. Um, he almost won. He almost won. He went over the same green twice. Yeah. And that's not Bay Hill that I'm talking about, where he went over the green and hit something. No, no, it was, so just, it was the same shot on Torrey Pines two yeah. days in a row when he hooked it into like the bushes yeah. left. But the whole thing was like, I don't know. It's like, can he scrant? Like, it's like, there's, are they smaller greens there? Or they're just the same amount of like really long par fours? Just long par fours. And it's like, yeah, I'm worried about the scrambling. So it's maybe the same extent that you would be maybe if Connors got out of position. But if I'm betting on Victor Hovland, no, I'm literally betting on unconscious greens and rag. Yeah, no, of course. Because like, you, you outright to, you, wager means ceiling golf. Ceiling golf for Victor means unconscious greens and rag. It means we get our four footers and once or twice a day, at least, maybe hope once, a 22 footer. And we got to make a clutch par save on the weekend. But, but ceiling golf means I'm not out of position. And when I am out of position on the weekend, I'm able to make something clutch happen because that's how you win. That's actually what I was really impressed with Higo about when I was watching him. Like he, when he would miss a green, he seemed to have the confidence to know that I don't need to put this to one inch and go tap it in. I'm just going to leave myself five feet and I'm going to make the five footer every time. And he just stood over it very comfortably and just, boom, dead center, walking him in. And that's what you see from Patrick Reed when he wins. That's what he did yeah. at Torrey. So it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not like the ball striking was out of control at Torrey Pines. He just got it up and down every time and made every six-foot putt. Because yeah. when Reed wins, that's what he does. That's Berger, what he Leishman, those guys that just parse, like, yeah. And I guess all winners do that. The week's over. You see the eight-foot par save five to ten foot par save stat but when but when you're mapping out how a player wins like when connor's won at valero it was i mean he gained a, a tremendous amount of strokes putting that week which is very atypical for him but at the same time he won the tournament the way that you would think that he would win the tournament the driving was really good and he led the field in approach like that that's what you're gonna and that's you how you're gonna and then he made his putts that league, week league median putting for the week you no know, he actually gained like 12 strokes so fine but but <laughs> But he was making 15 footers that week. And then it, if you give yourself enough 15 footers and you start hitting them, you're going to win. But we always said it like when, when Scott or Hideki, like, no, if you get median putting from them, you are going to, to be gravy. So Hatton and M for me, 28 and 34 to 1. Very fancy situations. I am um, I'm in on Hatton. Yeah, I'll keep burning. I like Hatton's him. been too good to us. There, there's another guy that's peak in that right beside M that I like a lot. Who is and it? I'm tempted for Scheffler, whose form continues to Is it, in the, to is play it 30 well. to 1 and above, or is it something we have to talk about right now? No, we got to go above, okay. so I'm just waiting. Are you carrying a credit card balance month after month? You're not the only one. High interest rates make it hard to pay off your debt, but Upstart can help. Join the thousands of happy borrowers who have made that final payment. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan, all online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple, fixed monthly payment. Unlike other lenders, Upstart looks at more than just your credit score, like your income and employment history. Seems very sensible. This means they can offer smarter rates with trusted partners. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate upfront for loans between one 
$1,000 to $50,000. And you can receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash mayo. That's upstart.com slash mayo. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash mayo. So let's go to that range. Uh, the next guys above Joaquin Neiman is at 33 to one. And then you have Louis, Kokrak, Grio, Hoffman, then in Palmer, Rose, Tringali, and Kirk 50 and 55 to one. Uh, Kokrak and Neiman obviously have the most interest for me in mm. this range. Uh, Kokrak a lot because he's just played this course really well and he's playing really good golf coming in. He, ripped he my, missed a win here, right? Yeah, I had money uh, on you him. You were going to Same number too, 40 to one. All he had to do was get it up and down on yeah. 18 to beat Paul Casey. Bogey. He made Blues. a real yeah, sh- <sighs> But there's two guys, actually. I mean, Hoffman rates out number one in the modeling this week, and he's had some good runs at this course before. Form players, form continues. But the two players, I mean, maybe it's just name value alone that I really do have a lot of interest in. Uh, this feels like a really good Ryan Palmer course to me. If you're going to chart out how Ryan Palmer can win an event, it's not that he's short-siding himself and needs to get it up and down from the bunker, but the driving's been good, the iron's been good, and the putting hasn't been an abject failure, and he continues to play pretty well. Had a nice Masters, too, and is Rose back? Because he was Fine. carrying yeah, that Stenson carrying team. it, carrying <laughs> it. I don't mind Rose fifty to one. Rose. And this is and if you could draw up an event like for like classic Justin Rose when he wasn't playing a major or a WGC, if he was to go to, this would be the course for him. Well, this was the like the Stenson eighteen to one yeah. like event forever. And, and any course that's good for Stenson usually tended to be good for Rose as well. Look but, at the Olympics and someone who we'll get to in a little bit. I know, I see him. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no Rose. It, it's, it, I mean, going back to where he had to withdraw, like the form has been there where I might be really tempted to pull this 50 to one trigger. It's a good number. It is Joachim Neiman though, Pat, who really does catch my eye here. Um, I just feel week. like, I, and even Co- you mentioned, I sort of made the Connors comp earlier, but yeah, I think Kokrak is one of those guys who it's okay. The Connors stats they they, they are certainly unconscious so maybe it is unfair when i do say this sort of stuff but i do believe there are a handful of players who are doing very similar things to Corey connor's getting zero percentage of the name recognition at the moment or tv time or hype that Corey connor's is getting can i just make this can i make this an easy sell for you here's the 2021 for jason kokrak so far 35th, 56th, 29th, 32nd, 9th, 8th, 9th, all Florida tournaments, 49th of the Masters, gains off the tee and on approach. The putter hasn't been an abject failure. Uh, It's actually been quite good at some tournaments. And when we go back in time and we figure out how has Jason Kokrak done at the Valspar Championship over the years, 2nd, 8th, 58th, 7th. It's like the same guy. Yeah, 40 to 1. That's why I'm not betting on Neiman, because I'm going to bet on Kokrak instead. Okay, fine. I like... Neiman might be just me being cocky. I don't want to say calling it because I think the, I love course, Neiman, the course fits. Like it's not like there. It's not like twenty-two to one where like I'm just trying to like project the win. I think the number is fair um, on Neiman, but Kokrak is doing everything Connors is doing without a hole in one on TV at the Masters. Yeah, I I, 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 like, I don't. I, I, again, I'm picking on Corey Connors. No, I'm just 
They're, I, they're both doing the exact same ball striking thing. They're both gaining on the greens when they normally don't. Uh, and they're both horrible around the green, but you hope that they don't have to chip a lot and in a or get lucky one way. And in a world where the situation was reversed, I'd be picking on the other and be screaming for the other. I think that's, like I mentioned before, I think that is the perfect comp at this course with these numbers is that you get Jason Kokrak for more than double the number of Corey Connors when, by and large, they're very much the same player. In fact, if you really wanted to point to it, Kokrak has had more success the past year. He won like a real event. And and I know (laughs) I said it earlier with Siwoo, but I imagine Kokrak is probably... 40, 60 points higher than... Oh, even more. He's probably like 125 yeah, to, to win the PGA Championship. We and not, what, Connors was, what, 50? So, yeah, something... <laughs> it's getting stupid. It's getting stupid. Um, but in that note, now I'm not trying to make, like... I might be pulling the string really far now in terms of guys playing well who have Connors-type credentials. But what about Grio? No. Or just sort of, uh, no. Heritage is a blip? Because no, 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 Heritage isn't a blip. Grio's been playing well, but... He's going to give the middle finger to the hole on Sunday may- when maybe, he misses but a I, I would Maybe, but I would say that the big difference between the two, because I, I agree that their games are relatively similar when you look at them, is that Connors continues to level up. Each year that we've seen him, he's gotten better Agreed. and better and better. Grio's just been the same guy for the past five years. He's good, it but he's not true. great. Nothing has changed. He'll f- he gives the same amount of flirting... And he's still going to, like I said, flip the bird to the hole when the six-footer doesn't go in that he thinks should have dropped. And the other thing is, like, when you see Connors and even Kokrak to an extent as well, is that they're doing it against real fields. Like, most of the best Griot performances, I mean, he has played really well at Heritage along with Connors, but, like, the Puerto Rico Open, like, there's a reason that he's in these alternate events, and Connors is not. He's top tending at the Masters. I agree. Kokrak, that win at, uh, not the Zozo, the CJ Cup. CJ Cup was the strongest field non-elite win out of COVID. Every time we had an elite field, which that was, the winners weren't north of, um, I mean, Burgers, like, quick win might have been like a ceiling number. It was but you, 40. You quickly realized, like, no, he's good again. But 28's the magic number, though. That's why I bet Hatton at 28. That's now, a Webb at 28, a Dustin at 28. I do want to say, like, if you like a guy and you want to go there, go for it. Guys win ahead of their, like, what I think is their fair betting tier all the time. In fact, if you've ever bet on golf and hit a winner, you've bet them at a worse number than they're probably actually percentage to win. Yeah, because you saw something probably in the lead up to that event. Like, I don't think it was 30 to 1, but, like, even Homa at Riviera. Like, we were like, no, that that tier, like, the guys that were at 50 at Riviera, we were like Adam Scott, or I'm probably thinking of forgetting other, like, really strong players. Like, no, Homa shouldn't be in that tier of betting odds. But no, it all pointed, and, and hey, there it is. Congratulations, Max. Hopefully I'm eating a donut on Monday to celebrate Corey Connors. Well, not actually, but... I'd be happy doing it. I'm leaning more Rose versus Palmer, almost based on the same argument that you just made with Reed versus... um, Win? Yeah, I'm betting them to win, and Justin Rose wins. At least I've seen, like, Palmer's won... I mean, he won the team event with Rom last year, but before that, it had been since 2010 since he won. I like Ryan Palmer a lot, but I think that now you fudge the lines between what's a good DraftKings play, what's a good outright bet to win at 50-1, to I think I'd feel more comfortable with Palmer on my DraftKings team, but if I'm going to make one a bet to win, like Rose just might, he might tweak his fucking back and withdraw. But if he's there on Sunday, I feel confident that he can keep it together. I totally agree. 
So Rose at 50 will probably be a go for me. So that gives me Hatton, M, Kokrak, and Rose. And honestly, everyone else from 100, like from 50 to 100 to 1 in this range, I like. Nothing really stands out as a significant value to me. Woodland, actually, sorry, Woodland, 80 to 1. I bet Woodland at 80 to 1. If you look at Woodland's like ball striking numbers, they're back. Um, the putting and chipping hasn't been good, but club down course club with down. Gary Woodland. He's won here before. This and, is it. <laughs> and if he's actually back and from this injury, realistically, like there shouldn't be a huge discrepancy between Kokrak and Woodland in like that sort of player. But is that the guy that you were going to talk about that's sort of like the even lesser version of Connors at the moment is Woodland? Um, no, I think that was Grillo. Was, was, but the guy I meant was like, remember how like Stenson was the perfect guy? And then you mentioned someone is like, well, if it was good for him, if it was good for Stenson. Stenson's good for Rose? Yeah, and I was like, there's someone even deeper who, if it was once good for Stenson, it's good for Gary Woodland. You might want to tighten up that mic now, now that you've bashed it in. Oh, I bashed it twice. Get, getting fired up for Gary Woodland. Uh, no, listen, it's uh, this used to be like the Woodland sweet spot that he never came through at. But he won here before. Yeah, but that was that was ages way ago. Before, yeah. But this would be a nice get back on track for Gary. And again, if you just look at the ball striking numbers, they're good. Like they're not him winning the U.S. Open chipping everything in good, but you know, it's the driving you expect. It's the irons you expect. Hope to get a good week. I, I think this is the tournament where he had the three putt on the 30s. He was inside the cut. He was the overwhelming chalk on DraftKings that week. The three putted the and last? He three putted from like five feet on his last hole on Friday to miss the cut. And people were fucking triggered. This is also the site of where Full Keegan was born. Yes. First round leader to missing the cut. You mentioned it. Just you'd rather just be at other guys than Hoffman. Yeah. I like Hoffman fine. It's like I like Henley a lot too, but I'm not going to bet Henley at 30 to 1 here. I'm not going to bet Hoffman at 40 to 1 or 45 to 1 or wherever the hell he's at. I, I think they're fine. They can most definitely win. Tringali? Same kind of thing. Like you give me Rose. I just went down the Cameron Tr- Tringali wormhole. Just, yeah. I could have cashed out my bet at like 22 to 1 on him. I was like, he's got this wrapped up. Speed ain't catching him. And he's just like, he's a fucking nightmare. All I had to do um, was cash out and I was good. I think Kirk and, and Todd might have like come last on the weekend. I don't care about that. Eminem missed the yeah, cut. Yeah, I know. Too. I'm just trying to remember like how like uh Kirk Price still has that juice to cash every prop you want to make on him. Sure. He's been fine. And like uh, if I just look at the numbers. Now, I don't think the fairways gained are a great reference. This is a very hard course to hit fairways. So well, why is Bubba here? Why is Bubba here? Bubba was top ten the last time he played here. Good for him. No, you completely threw me off just saying names. Hard course to hit fairways. Hard course to hit fairways. So I think you can parse this one of two ways, because we mentioned it's a club down course. The average driving distance is like the 10 yards below what it is on most places. So guys like Woodland and Dustin. And I, I mean, Bubba rarely clubs down anyway. He's just going to attack with driver, and you hope it's good that week. But even like Hovland and Scheffler, like they're going to club down and improve their accuracy. But if you are looking from guys at the back of the pack, Focus on driving accuracy for those guys. Like, uh, I've hit two first-round leaders here in the past five years. One was Jim Herman at 175 to 1. One was Seb Straka at, like... And, like, there are just different types of players. You want your long irons. You want driving accuracy. And when you get down to the 100 to 1 range and beyond, you want to pick a guy who does one of those things really well. And that's how you can find either your first-round leaders or your top 20 plays. So that's why I wanted to kind of get into when we get to this 100-to-1 stage, because I have three names written down that I think could play really well here uh, for obviously different reasons. One is Seb Straka, who 
continues to get progressively better each year. He's been a first-round leader here before. I think he has a good mix of distance and accuracy and is really good from like 175 and beyond with his irons, which is going to be pretty key this week. I'm going back to my guy, the Gim Reaper. He continue like he continues to lurk every single week, doesn't he? He's yeah, 110 to 1. You can find him even deeper than that. The Reaper. He reaps. Now, we're not at a Pete Dye course where he's had a lot of success, but if you look at... Now, this is a guy in particular whose irons have been really good over the past 24 rounds. Top 10 in irons, top 10 in fairways, and top 10 in good drives gain. Number one in proximity from 175 to 200, the most important iron range this week. Will he ever make a putt? I don't know. Probably not. But he continues to show life. On these leaderboards, I believe in the talent, and That's, I yeah, listen. If it gets into a minus three scramble fest, probably not going to win. But I think he can make enough birdies at this course to mitigate some of the bad holes that he has. This is also the course which could lean yourself towards bad putters ending up winning here. And we've seen a mix, kind of obviously, Spieth, Hedwin, and Charles, really good putters. Paul Casey, not so much a great putter. But the second most three putts inside of five, or second, sorry, the fifth most three putts inside of five feet of any course on tour besides Riviera. Remember how tilting that was at Riviera? You'd be like, oh, four feet for birdie. Here we go. Miss. It's like, ah. Three putts inside of five feet. Sorry, miss putts inside of five oh. feet. Second most besides Riviera. That's tilting. And you're going to be watching and be like, oh, no. That's and like. I do think that there is a, if someone goes and posts a score, that's around the lead on Sunday from the pack. It's not a bad live bet opportunity, especially if you have a guy in contention, because they'll be hanging like, let's say Snedeker goes in posts and he gets in on Sunday at like minus seven and the leaders are at like minus nine or something like that, just starting their back nine. Not to say that they're going to come back to the pack, but you might get Jeff. I mean, if, if the bear trap, the bear trap has good PR, but the snake pit is where you want to be. So hole 16, 17, and 18, super fucking tough. You can bleed back strokes there. So the guy in the clubhouse might be at the advantage if he's a shot off the pace. I would agreed. I would say something to pay attention to, which is probably more realistic live betting situation, because I I mean, that guy that's supercharging and threatening a clubhouse leader, I think the books would be on to by the time they post. If you're one of those, say, Thursday, Friday live bettors, do not make a bet on a guy until he's in. Like if he just birdies the hole before the snake pit, and you're like, oh, I don't want that number to get lower. It ain't gonna move while he plays through the snake pit. <laughs> like just let him finish the snake pit, and then decide if you want to bet him, or be hyper aware before you're making a live bet that the guy either has or hasn't um, dealt with that pit already. Because if there's a player you like, Pat, and he's like lurking. And he's already played through it, and he can just get hot coming out. I mean, the front nine is all—it's not easy. That's no, no the, this course is not easy. So I'm, not, I'm not portraying it like, oh, that's the problem. There's problems. There are multiple stretches of problems. There are long par fours, demanding par fours. If you are out of position on a par four that is thick, narrow, and tree lined from at 488 yards. You're scram like there's no there's Well the, the the biggest thing to look at here is that the par fours aren't long, but they're all dog legged. 
I think that's why Bubba actually had a lot of success here the last time he played because he can like cut off the dog. But leg. it's hard to get out of trouble. It is really hard to get out of trouble, but the force layups make those approaches. It makes the par fours seem a whole lot longer than they actually are on a scorecard. Question, just because they're very long. I would say that the player to live bet, if you really wanted to look for it, would be grab the player who plays who starts on the back nine on Friday, let them get ravaged through the snake pit, and then live bet them if you think that they were playing well before that. Because then you instantly get the yes. easiest hole on the course at number one. And they're usually, once a leader is established in the live betting market. Unless they do something to give it up, they're there for a bit. I'm just saying that like once the tournament sort of has an established leader, like a number, a score, it really does affect um, how slowly they'll move on other people. I did want to say one thing. I'm not involved in the top. But... The ability that Justin Thomas drive it into trouble, lay it up, save par. That's a thing. That is a real thing. That's, and he's that's the best. almost exclusive to Justin Thomas. Yes. <laughs> I'm just saying, you mentioned like the drivers want, like, and I know, like, if he drives it, he's in big trouble. I totally agree. But no one is better in that layup range shot than Justin Thomas is at any course on the planet, it feels like. So Straka and Gim, I'm giving a look to. Gim, I will bet. He might be my only bet from beyond 100 to 1. I might play like a first-round leader or a top 20 on these other guys. Straka and List, who plays these long par threes really well. Hard courses. Hard course, back on Bermuda, club down course. Oh, it, all, it fits the narrative of... What's our number? Uh, it's like 200 to 1, I think. Let's find it. It's 175 on DraftKings Sportsbook. But that might be a top 20 play. Snedeker has played well at this course in the past. I also like him at harder courses where he doesn't need to be precise off the tee or with his irons. He can kind of scramble his way out of anything. And he's showing a bit of life recently, which I don't mind. Okay. And Horsefield is kind of, might be a play, man. I don't. I, I have no idea what to make of his recent form, but it's been really no, fucking good. No, he was good. there. He played on the weekend in Spain. He finished no, no, like, I mean, I'm saying his recent form has been three top tens and no finish worse than 15th yeah, at any start contends. this year. He always contends. But how does that translate to this tournament? I don't know. I have no fucking he's idea. He's a man. A lot of the times, he's he's a, yeah, he, I mean, he goes off at pretty much every Euro event at like 20 to 1 now. I feel. Yeah, he's been good. I could be wrong. Um, if you want to look at the numbers short Pat. term and you're looking for a sleeper, uh, Kazire still rates out well after the debacle that was uh, no. the RBC Heritage. I'll give you short term sleeper. I don't even think he's listed. Tom Lewis you, it ranks nope. out inside the top 50. You know I'm I, a sucker for Tom Lewis, I, I, but that's I, not it. I skipped over Lucas Glover as well, who's playing really good golf right now. Short odds. Because anytime I mention Lucas Glover, you reply to me with... I agree with you. I'm not betting him. But can he win? I, I agree with Sneaky you. Sneaky D keep... Like, uh, if he's going to be forgotten, which I doubt... Um, he's priced lower than I thought he would. Um, unless this sheet has a back end, which it doesn't. This guy is not listed unless I'm blind, which I am. And we want to talk short-term form. You're probably going to laugh me off this one. This team, I could make the case, could have been in there, probably should have posted at 20 or 21. Oh, my God. You, the, want, you want Warinsky? No. You want Killa Keith? Yes. They made bogeys, uh, two bogeys in best ball. On, two bogeys in best ball. I think the Hovland team, too, did also on Saturday. Killer Keith, Bermuda, huge. It's probably a huge number because I don't even see him on the printout. He is playing. I can confirm that for you. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's an important first step. Yeah. He is playing. I knew he was playing. Uh, I don't hate that because, I, I mean, logically, in my mind, I, I got there when you were saying it. Yeah. Um, 
What was I going to say? I think it was it 200, 150. I guess it's so big you he, shop it. He's, he's 150 on the one I'm looking at right now. Yeah, I don't but see. But on DraftKings, he's, cause he's probably 200. or On DraftKings, he's not any better than 175. Yeah, I, I mean, I see Snedeker at 175. That's who his teammate was in that event. Um, yeah, I, I don't hate that at all. Lewis is 175, though. Um, how accurate has he been off the tee? Keith Mitchell? Yeah. Probably not very, but again, this is a club down course for him. So that's my that's my bomb du jour. Now let's see. Arnold Palmer Invitational, 2.4 strokes gained off the tee. 2.2 at Honda, 2.1 at Valero, 17th. He's listen, he's playing better golf recently. <sighs> the irons have been dog shit, but he's putting well. Listen, I saw him eagle two par fives in a span of three holes, Pat. In a so best ball event. In a best ball. So he's better believe he's yeah. worth it. Put it this way, it's just like when you see me play like in a scramble, and all yeah. of a sudden I'm not slicing the ball anymore because I'm just trying to hit it as far as I can. And I like I loosen up my swing. Whenever I try to do that when I'm playing by myself, oh. it's off to the right in some in some sort of field out of bounds. But you know unencumbered from all the pressure of actually having to hit a good drive, I finally start hitting good drives. Yep. Anyway, that's where I'm at. Uh, let's do the quick picks. Um, oh, you got more guys? Let's hear them. Uh, yeah. Is it anyone you'll actually bet? Because if not, let's move on. No, but... Then uh, we're, just, mo- no, no, we're moving on. Live or not live, he's not for me. Is it, This is an event McCarthy can win. Sure. Hadwin won here. Like, just do what Hadwin did. Difference being, and people point to Wes Bryan at Heritage and Hadwin at this event. Tell me. They were playing fucking incredible tee to green. Like, they were driving the ball well. Their (laughs) irons were great. And they were just great at the time. Like, for months leading into that event. There was a reason that we pegged Hadwin to win this event. Because you looked at the numbers and you were like, holy shit, why is this guy 100 to 1? I don't see any, like, books are smarter about those guys now. Okay. Four years ago, they were not, or five years ago, sorry, they were not savvy to that stuff. Good point. Also, only because they brought it up on yesterday's final round broadcast. Now, as a, don't believe the broadcast. They say things like Colin Morikawa no, is an elite chipper. That's not what I'm talking <laughs> about. They do this thing now, like they look ahead to the next tournament and give, and, and like Faldo, Finch, and someone else gives you a player to watch, and they're not chalk. Oh, good. At least they're trying. Faldo gave Gooch. Oh, the Gooch. They love the Gooch. Because it's not the first time they give out the yeah. gooch. On I don't know, Paul, like, yeah. Uh, you know what? I think Feldo even acknowledged it's like I'm going right back to the gooch. <laughs> so maybe he's on a gooch run. But uh, yeah, Faldo gave the gooch. Give him the gooch. Get him to the gooch. Yeah. So I found that interesting. Remember and then, when Johnny uh, Knoxville like strip lined his gooch and jackass? It was Nabilo, who I think might have given Seifert. Nabilo's really trying to talk to, like, DFS guy. I like it. That's like, good. Yeah, no, it is good. But it also makes them sound not like idiots either. And now, they might get stuff wrong, but they're like, hey, here's this guy that maybe... It's good for the CBS guys to do that. Because if my dad's watching at home, he's like, who the fuck is Chase Seifert? Maybe I'll learn more about... Maybe I'll be excited to see Chase Seifert now. It's I, just I named Chase Seifert. It's just... You just hear that. It just clicks. What, what other time would Chase Seifert get mentioned on a broadcast could if be, he wasn't in first or second place? I could be wrong, but I feel like, that, like yeah, it was someone really off... I mean, Rick's in there at CBS now. He works with the CBS crew. Maybe he's in there giving them some notes. Shout out Rick Gaiman. Yeah, Rick's the man. He's always... This is also, just before I, I miss it, I probably more of a DraftKings play to come up on tomorrow's show, but this is a pure Sabatini course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, oh, no, I was going to say, he won, uh, when was the last time he won anything? Like, 20 years ago? 
No, they're talking about uh, – they showed a picture of him winning a World Cup of golf with, I think, Immelman. Okay. Yeah. Back when Long he was time at, ago. Back before he was Slovakian. Yes, before <laughs> before he was Slovakian. Before he was uh, going to be – And and Day and Scott aren't going to be at the Olympics. I mean, maybe they're too old and rich to care. Well, they're just not qualified. Yeah. Yeah. It's Smith and Leishman? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess that's – Good. A- you want to put your best foot forward for this sort of stuff. Uh, Baker Finch is the captain, I think. He's like the coach of what of the like each of the teams has a coach. He's the Australian coach. <laughs> they mentioned a, that on the a, broadcast a yesterday. Coach, I think you get a medal if they win. <laughs> I don't think you do because I remember like just Babcock a, or Pat he, Quinn he didn't did, get okay gold could. medal. Like I think it's a very you must participate. Okay, well that makes more sense. It's just like so it's that a coach getting a medal at the Olympics probably creates less frustration for someone like Cus who really thinks that the horse should get the medal in dressage. Not the person. <laughs> I saw the Coca-Cola cans are out in stores with the Olympic insignia on it. Well, they so better hope that the Olympics <laughs> happens. So it's big Tim. It's Tim Coke can buying season. Quick picks for the Valspar Championship. I'll release my cheat sheet on Twitter and in the newsletter on Wednesday. Uh, so once again, subscribe to the newsletter for that. Smash a like while you're here, too. Hatton 28, M34, Coke Rack. I haven't bet it yet. I see the 40. I'm going to look for a better number if I can find one, maybe a 45. But 40, I'm still good at. We doing rows at 50? Am I doing rows at 50? I'm not. I got to look into that. I'm with you on most of this sheet. I'm not there with rows yet. I'm deciding on that. I'm already in on Woodland at 80. I'll be in on Gim at 125 to 1 with the each way. And then I'll try to figure out some bombs as the week goes along. But that's what I'm looking at right now. How about you? Uh, Hatton and M. And it was pretty easy, to be honest. We're ride or dying together with Hatton and M. I don't, listen, I messaged you before I had it. I said that that there's a 34 on M and it is tasty. Um, so I'm in on M and I can't. Hatton's a real ride or die for me at this point. Although it's been a few weeks, I feel like since I actually bet him. Me too. So maybe it's time. Maybe you can do me right. M, I literally like salivating for Florida for this guy. It's our last shot. It's a last shot. Um, yeah, it's coming. The Irons were in fuego at the Heritage. We got a, he has been playing. I don't think his struggles were as bad as people made them out to be, but there was like a blip in each round where he literally like would double three holes in like a seven hole span. Yeah, he, he got a case of the lefts and then he had to call up the Medicus guy to get him back straightened out. Uh, the bomb that I'm really into is Killa. I mean, you know, I'll bet that along with you. I'll bet Killa Keith, 200 to one or whatever the fuck it is killer and i could get back on that luke list train we'll take a look as the week goes along it might be more of a top 10 top 20 play considering the guy has never won um maybe top 10 is a bit but um neiman i'm thinking about and i could even dip my toe low with with victor okay one and done picks of the week here's a case to get off of victor he's tim's one and done That sucks. Uh, I don't. Re- I don't remember. I forgot to print out the sheet, so I can't remember who I've taken, who I haven't, or how we've been doing. I believe with Morikawa, I won the Heritage. So I'll go with him if I haven't used him because I've used Hatton. I know that. Neiman. Neiman. And I will update the cheat sheet if Jeff or I have used M or Neiman already at this year. Listen, I can't remember who I took two weeks ago. I took Morikawa actually. Yeah. So. I took answer. And that will do it on the Pat Mayo experience. I mean, Custies, 
next Monday. So golf will probably be Tuesday or Wednesday with us next week. Could be audio only, but I hope to have our setup in place and hopefully the cameras arrive on the same time that they said they were scheduled to arrive. But I will be moving over the course of the next week, but do not think that doesn't mean there's a ton of content coming out. All of the draft stuff is out. DraftKings picks tomorrow. And then the final show that I will be taping in studio and the first one to be turned around, Ben Raza, Cam Stewart, Kentucky Derby this week, my man. Cam hit uh, the Aussies. Oh, did he? Yeah. Cam. Shout out Cam. Yeah. Even saw Gabe thanking him for bailing him out of uh, losing bets. It's always nice. Happens to all of us. Yeah. Sometimes you need a, need a quick bailout. Thank you, we're Sky. Li- we're like the auto industry, and Sky's like the government right now. <laughs> so, Sky is my um, stimmy. <laughs> Rate and review the Pat Mayo experience. It's going to be weird not doing the show in the studio with you. We've done it not. I mean, we've, the, pande- the beginning of the pandemic kind of helped this transition a lot, I think. Because we did so many shows with you at home. And now your setup's Did we? We did. Like for the first like three weeks, four weeks mm. before we were allowed to come back in. And we were like legitimately terrified of COVID at the time. Yeah. Like, that I, first I, month. I like. Well, it's fun doing it in the studio. It's a different dynamic. But. The one saving grace to this one is we've done the show with Tim on the phone so often. The one thing that you can't do is be on your phone the entire time and not listening. It's true. And you do it while you're sitting across from me anyways. We got to really keep that. Well, here's the you. part. Listen, I, we're doing this show on Monday morning. I'm waiting for books to post odds. I'm looking. I'm, I'm, I'm not like in a group chat. No, I, I understand what you're looking at, but you also have to remember that if we're not in the same space, I can't fill while I see that you're looking on the phone because I will ask you something and then you'll be sitting here like this. The camera will cut to you and you will be like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're good. <laughs> I'm just, again, I'm worried that as being like the third wheel, I will then be portrayed as the insane person. Well, we'll get, we'll get to the Custies. We'll see who won insane person of the year between you and Tim. That's <laughs> wasn't the first, close. That's the first guy. I don't, you don't know that. I'm the only one who's seen the results so far. I would, that is the first category up in the Custies, which you can watch next Monday. Share that one around as well. And subscribe to the Cuss Corner uh, audio podcast. It's only Cuss Corners up there if you're looking for a laugh and stuff that doesn't go out of date. Uh, really appreciate you guys all sticking with us throughout this. Continue to support the show. We're going to get Jeff set up to be... It's going to take some tweaking. We're going to get you a better yeah. microphone. We're going to get you a better setup, a better camera all over time. Hopefully we peak right week one for football. But I do think that having to, and Tim's not going to be in studio with me for a while because I only have, like, I don't have a studio space set up. It's going to be me at my house creating, like, sort of a one shot. So Tim's still going to be on the line when we do these shows. But we got schedule release coming out. Like, it's going to be a lot of fun. We just have to not step on each other as much. We'll figure it out. Because we do the Zoom. And if, if I, because I'm the host of the Zoom call when we do this, that I will always drown whoever's on the line out. That's just how the host of the Zoom works. I can it just washes wait. people's audio. Maybe we switch to Skype for audio. I can just wait to be called out. on, and you can just see no, because it's more in. fun when you jump in. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah, Listen, Tim's gonna say insane things, and I'll be there. I don't think anyone really noticed with our draft prop show when you weren't in studio last week when I just randomly called you guys. So we'll be good. Uh, thank you guys for all your support. Continue to support the Mayo Media Network. Check out the European Tour Picks and Bet Show Monday evening with Sky and Tom. Give them a follow on Twitter as well. Sub to the newsletter, playing the Listener's League link. Playing the Listener's League, the link is in the description of the video and pod. Smash like, rating, and reviews. DraftKings show on Tuesday. 
Derby show on Wednesday. That'll do it for me. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. Experience! Experience!